0: we we'll G'day everybody. Welcome to this episode of Freaky AFLW Fantasy Podcast. You're joining me here for what is a pretty special episode because what I'm basically going to throw to is a recording of our live spaces we held on Thursday night after teams were released. We've got myself, Will, Mel and Bailey from AFL Fantasy Fanatics jumping on to chat about all the teams and most important news and storylines coming into the week. So, Hopefully, you're going to enjoy the stuff that we have to say. Yes, I know it's pretty long, but obviously, there's a lot of things to talk about. So, this is me after the fact. I'm going to throw straight to Mel now. Enjoy.
1: Thanks to everyone that's joining our live uh, Twitter spaces. This is – oh, well, I'm Mel from Freekick, and we've got Lehman Will on as well, and uh, Bailey. All oh, Bailey's joined, so he'll be here in a minute. Um, We're just going to run through the teams that we've just seen announced on the AFLW website, which is very exciting. Great to get them all, well, yeah, most of them actually, um, out ahead of time, um, even if the ones for Sunday have a few question marks. But um, we'll just be going through. um, We've picked a team, uh, like a game or so each, um, and me and the guys will just run through some thoughts, what we think is interesting, what we think is not. But I guess some one disclaimer for anyone that hasn't, played fantasy before uh, obviously we've had two seasons of unofficial fantasy to play before this and the w- one big learning we've all had from that is that these teams are great um, but where players are named it can sometimes be a bit funky um, so we should obviously be looking at who's who's named whose name is totally not there at all somewhat where they are but don't uh read into it too much because we can already see this is some funky positioning happening here and that'll probably not actually eventuate. So just a little word of warning up the front. Um, but, uh, Bailey, you on?
2: Yes. How are we all? Excited?
1: Good. How are you? Uh, are you
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, good. I'm bloody excited. I was saying that Liam, uh, what was it, on uh, Tuesday when we recorded our thing, I was I was like, oh, I didn't do too well the AFL men's fantasy, and then I was watching the soccer, and then my mind just flipped. and I was just like, nah, get the laptop out, let's start <laughs> um, even playing even more around with the team. So yeah, now I'm, I'm switched on, ready to go.
1: Awesome! Up.
0: It has real Christmas Eve vibes.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does. yeah.
0: Well, well, I uh, we'll, we'll just jump straight into the teams, and feel free, anyone that's uh, anyone that's on, just chime in if you've got any other thoughts on on the name team so we're starting off tomorrow night at seven twenty. so we'll know sunday teams by the time this goes live which i know it might sound pretty prima facie normal for men's players but that was not a guarantee for the women's last year and quite often we were we were getting dotted with start times at like 4 45 and then teams for the next day would get announced 15 minutes after so count your lucky stars uh For Melbourne, I don't think there's really anything out of the ordinary whatsoever. We've kind of got all of the players we expected in terms of where players are named. I think Melbourne is one of those teams where it doesn't really matter too much. They do rotate a lot of those players through the midfield and on those wings and off half forward and up, off half back. So I don't think you can read too much about the fact that Paxi has been named on Ball versus Mithin as a centre-half forward versus Kate Horat full forward, you know, Sarah Lampard versus Maddie Gay. I really think it's all just a bit of a much of a muchness. Anyone else have anything different they wanted to mention here?
3: No, not particularly. Melbourne has, you know, a pretty solid lineup considering they just want a flag. So I think, as you said, they're a pretty solid side. I think they'll, uh, you know, rely on that stability to get them through.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I did
1: have um, Hoare down as full forward on my question marks list being like, oh, don't love that because I just put her in as my F1 or F2. Um, But then I just remembered exactly what I started this with, which is (laughs) take this with a grain of salt and cross my fingers.
0: And particularly for Kate Hoare, she will play predominantly as a forward. It's the fact that she's in one of the highest scoring teams in the comp and a lot of the ball does go her way, and she's also a good tackler inside Fort 50. It's, it would be a surprise if she was actually named elsewhere, to be honest. In terms of Collingwood, though, we've got a few more interesting things. I think the one that everyone probably wants to talk about is Bree Davy has been named to play after having missed both the practice matches and the match sim with hamstring tightness, and she's been named in the middle now. I don't think the fact that she's being named in the middle is the big thing. It's just the fact that she's actually got up to play after there was some doubt that she would be able to, and she was a test this week. Is anyone here actually going to pick her though? At least oh, for the football platform, it,
3: to be honest. Um, the, the the limited preseason is something that we always worry about. Um, I'm. Yeah. It, it it sounds terrible to say but from a fantasy perspective i'm almost hoping for a slow start to the season so she can be a, a value pick somewhere in the mid part of the season but i think there's there's all chance that she could be you know fantastic straight out of the gate but it's a risk that i'm probably not taking at this stage
0: yeah i agree i'm all on board with the idea that she plays off that half forward line which we've had flagged will be a possibility and if you have a look at the players that Colin would have named in their forward line, there's some there's some names there that are, you know, both new and also haven't played there before. So they've got Mel Morris Dalton, who's a recruit across from the dogs, named it full forward. They've got Sarah Rowe, who in the past has been a winger now named it full forward. And then they've also got Grace Campbell and Oleary Morris, who are two bargain basement rookies. So O'Leary Morris is a three hundred and twelve K forward who's come pretty highly touted in what she's done at pre-season training. And then Campbell is a 300K midfielder. Not Neither of them – so Campbell is not particularly high on my rookies to pick, but O'Leary Morris, if you wanted for whatever reason to go outside of, I don't know, Lily Postlethwaite, is a potential option to pick, particularly if you're playing Marrera's Magic. I know that she's in my side for there at the moment. And then the final rookie that's – uh, Collingwood have named is Selena Carlson, who's a key defender, 310K in the back line. Outside of that, I think the only name of note is the fact that Sabrina Frederick has been named as the Ruck and Imogen Barnett, who came in under a bit of an injury cloud, has been named as an emergency, which will mean that it's Sabrina Frederick and Erica Fowler who will be rucking this year. I know that I've had a few questions about Sabrina Frederick as a potential point of difference, given that in the past, particularly back in her like early career at Brisbane, she did, I think, have a season where she averaged 60 or so. Is how how like Will, you're the Collingwood expert. Do you think that it'll be majority Frederick, or will she be 50-50, mostly spent or spending more time up forward?
3: I'm I'm pretty cold on the idea of picking Sabrina Frederick to be, on, to be completely honest, just based on what I've seen from her previously. She is a, a powerful unit in the ruck. I think the biggest problem is she doesn't really get that much of the ball around the ground. Uh, I think she will be splitting the ruck time pretty 50-50 with Erica Fowler and then drifting up forward. I don't see a huge amount of upside to be completely honest. Um, so probably someone I personally would be steering clear of but if she does get a lot of ruck time and it does work out quite well there is probably 10
0: points of value there I think yeah I think it's the fact that she's probably a little bit better more expensive than we're expecting given she did actually average 46
2: last year in a otherwise pretty weak uh forward line bails have you got any thoughts um, yeah, I was just going to say the thing that uh, makes it a little bit hard to pick as well is the fact that uh, I know your favourite, Liam, is uh, only 3K cheaper um, and you'd definitely rather a certain Laura Gardner there. And then uh, even you've got a couple of options around that 750, 850 range, which isn't too much more, which I, I'd probably rather a couple of those names in that bracket, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, it just screams if we had a draft format, this would be a decent enough draft pick. Given that you you know we're often pressed for for deep forward lines, but I think in classic it's a fade for me unless we see something kind of out of the box, and we kind of see a and you know a ninety percent ruck roll, no time forward and back to those sixties that she did. I believe it was something like in her second season in the comp was the last time that she was up that high. But she has I guess at least been that high before.
1: I I have a question, maybe it's for Will or any of you guys, I'm not too sure, but Serena Carlson, sorry, Selena Carlson is someone whose name I haven't really heard and I recognise I wasn't here for the Collingwood episode Um, so I wasn't doing that deep dive research. Um, I mean, I always love to see a a rookie being named. Do you guys have any thoughts about how good a rookie she's going to be?
0: I don't have any particularly strong thoughts on Selena Carlson. Uh, My understanding was that she was just a key defender uh, who's you know? Pre- I think she previously played in the comp. If yeah, I she must I have know, because
1: she's three ten, she so she's not. Yeah. She's not actually basement.
0: This, I believe it was the Bulldogs.
3: Um, I've got a bit. I've got a bit of insight here actually. Um, the the talk on Selena Carlson was that they essentially picked her as someone that they reckon can long term replace Stacey Livingston, full fullback. Um. And I think that the fact that she's playing round one is probably a bit of a surprise. The I think she's literally there because Lauren Butler's not playing. I think if Butler was fit, I don't think she would necessarily be playing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see
0: how she goes, because she is someone that the Pies do see as a long-term option. All right. I don't know if that's a particularly high-scoring role, though. I think it's one we can uh, we can probably no, I, I, wait, watch and wait for I a bit. Definitely wouldn't have thought so. I think that she'll probably be playing purely
3: as that tall lockdown defender. Um, probably at this stage doesn't really have the um, the experience to be you know that bit of everything player that Lauren Butler is. But Lauren Butler is of course a you know Australian squad member from last season, so it's hard to replace that. But yeah, I, I think at this stage you're probably looking at a. You know, twenty-five to thirty average, which
0: isn't anything to really write home about. I don't, I don't really want that to be honest. And on, and that on that fun note, uh, I think that's it for the uh, Collingwood in Melbourne. I think that the main thing to take away from this is if you were hot on, like Benici, she's named, and if you like any of the Melbourne forwards, there's nothing to suggest that there's anything little difference that'll happen this year.
1: Oh, I had something else to say, though. Geordie um, Allen, who has been in and out of my side as my um, F2, uh, is named right in that centre position, which is pretty exciting. And she's one that... Um, oh, D 2 D2. Oh, gosh, D2. sorry. Um, I've got way too many things going in my head at the moment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's been one that's been in and out, like do you go top of the range um, with a Kani or do you have a couple of those lower price ones, including Jordan Allen, and I literally just took her out earlier today. Didn't feel super great about doing it, but it was just a money thing. But now she's named, she's there. I know we're not meant to read too much into these roles, but that is the sign that I needed to go back to my original choice, um, which is super exciting. And then having Butler and Slisher both missing from this Collingwood list is the two to call out. Not that either of them are particularly highly owned, I don't think, but ones to get rid of if you did have them.
0: Yep, that's a good point. I think Geordie Allen probably is someone who benefits from Butler and Slasher missing missing. It's more I don't know if you pick her season long for that instance, because I don't think either of them are long-term injuries.
3: Well, I think I think that wing role is pretty much hers to own this season. I'm not sure she's gonna play that much on halfback, so I'm not sure it's gonna necessarily be too impactful. If anything, I'd probably be more concerned about. Allen now because there's two injuries in that back line. So she could be an experienced player that does go back. But I think that the selection of Selena Carlson probably limits the impact that those two will have because they have deliberately picked a, you know, a key defender to replace one of those two. So to be honest, I think that Allen's role is probably fairly secure regardless of what's happening in that back line, playing sort of, you know, um, 70% 70% on the wing, 30% back line. I think that it's probably I think I have personally got Alan in my team right now. I think it's a fairly safe pick. I don't think there's a huge amount of upside necessarily, but I don't think she's gonna go down.
1: Cool. Should we go into Gold Coast Carlton? Let's do it. Woo-hoo. So um this is a very interesting one as well for people that are that are out. Um, so in Carlton, just had the news that uh, the captain Peterson is going to be out for four weeks with her knee. Um, as well as that, you can kind of read that they've both they're missing their key forward and their key back. So this is like a a shocker for Carlton here. Um, and then you also note, if you if you won't pound, before the teams came out, um, her absence <laughs> from the name sheet, which is quite disappointing because I do love her and I was looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, lots of names not here at the moment. Um, also, very interesting to read, Bri, Brienne Moody um, going to be swapping a bit of a role with Jess Good. Horrendous. Um, yeah. Just, so
3: it's, it's, it's season seven all over again.
1: This was our season to, like, be able to afford Brianne Moody in the Ruck, not that any of us have, but we were very hot on this idea quite a while ago. Um, And now, even though it kind of seems like everyone's going for the double Wookiee Ruck, uh, you wouldn't want to pick her anyway. Um, So uh, the other thing I found interesting about Carlton was, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but Lily Goss is is a forward in the game named on the ball. Any thoughts?
0: I watched both the match sim and the practice match for Carlton, and Goss was in at centre bounces and, mm. and some centre bounces, but I don't think she did particularly well in them. Like, I didn't see a whole lot of possessions in there when she was there, but she was definitely in at some CBAs. She's, she's, she's come into the team as a midfielder. She was a...
3: Um, star midfielder for Carlton VFLW, she came um, runner-up in their best and fairest as a midfielder in 2022. So I think it's one of those, it's sort of a classic example of a player who's come into the team having had a really good VFL season as the midfield, and because the club's already got a pretty good amount of midfielders, they're like, let's just put you at half forward for a little bit, Um, which... You know, players in the in the M um, fantasy game will know a bit about for players such as Mickey Gibbons at Carlton, but yeah, I think that should be probably given a fair bit of midfield opportunity. Um, but as Liam said, if it wasn't particularly um, you know exciting watching in the preseason, so mm, not not too sold on it to be honest. But maybe one to watch.
0: Yeah, I think the I don't know about you guys, but the main thing I took from from this game was the sheer number of rookies that Carlton is starting. So Hendry is a rookie, um, a draftee, Roan Fitzpatrick, Irish draftee, Lily Goss has only played, well, not a draftee, but she's only played four games. Um, They've also named uh, Mariana Anthony, um, which, Will, I don't know if you remember me saying, was you said that that was a massive... Like Ruffy, for me to name, is a player to care about in this Carlton team. So who's right now? Uh, and then the other rookie prize player that we probably need to talk the other two we need to talk about are Taylor Ortlep, who I think is like 20% owned at the moment. And then also Harriet Cordner was named on the bench. Uh, of those rookies, I say, obviously, we've, we've talked about Cordner the most. Mel, you've obviously mentioned that Peterson is out are we all more confident that Cordner gets more of the ball with Peterson out and her not spending time in the back line?
3: Not at all. Um, I'm actually less. No. I think that she is one of the very few tall defenders they have in that team. And I think she is going to be forced into a lockdown role given uh, Gold Coast have essentially picked three key forwards who we'll talk about in a bit. Yes. The, the only really other tall player that they've picked. Um, is former Swans player Jen lawson Tavern, And I think that as a result, she's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting as the experienced defender back there, coordinator. So I think that could
0: limit her scoring at this stage. See, I actually think the opposite because having watched those practice matches, Peterson had a lot of the ball in the back line. Um, And also Maddie Hendry is a key position player. She's 180 centimetres. And then they've also got Lala Wifi back there as well. And I'd be looking at Lala Wifi to replace that run, though, rather than being the key defender. I would be very surprised given that she's been, like, key defender most of last season. I think that having watched those games, Cordner was already playing as a taller defender and as an intercept player. And I just think it you take away someone who would have been kind of a quarterback for them back there, she's by far and away the most experienced player they now have named in their back line. I would
3: say that would be Laluifi though. As a, as a player who's been at the club for longer, I think she's got a better understanding of that team. But I think it, it'll be interesting to watch regardless because Carlton's back line at the moment is looking very different to what it was last year. So going to be a lot of different roles there. Um which will make it quite interesting from a fantasy perspective as well. Because one of the other ones that we haven't talked about is Jess Delpos, who's played pretty much ever across the ground. I think she's another one that could play that quarterback role, given she's been named in the back pocket as
0: captain. Yeah, I don't know if I. The, okay, he's the other one. Not, not, not as a fantasy option. I'm just saying that's just a, a way to yeah. go. I think of all of the teams to not care about where players are named, this is the main one because there are some wild selections here. Jen Lawson-Tavern is played every single minute as a key defender. She's been named on the half-forward line. Uh, Brianne Moody was named as having played a lot more time in the forward line, was named as the Ruck. Uh, Mimi Hill is named on the half-forward line. Daisy Walker and Brooke Vickers have been named in the middle. This team is all over the place.
1: Yeah, and I mean, given what we read a couple of hours ago where Carlton were kind of putting out the change with Peterson going down. I suspect this is a squad that was pulled together very, very quickly in order to get the teams out because they are playing like the second game of the round. They had to put something out. It couldn't be too patchy. So they just went like, this will (laughs) do. Chuck it out there. Um, We're in strife. We're figuring out what we're going to do. So, um, yeah, these don't look like the set positions. But uh, to me, it just makes Cordner slightly more unknown because of everything you've just said.
3: I think the other thing about it, though, is has priced at basically bottom. So even if it does limit her scoring, it she's she's still going to go up in price. So it's not too big of an issue in that sense. I think it's probably more of, an, more of a... I'd be slightly wary of playing her on field. Um, if she's on your bench, who cares? If you're thinking of playing her on field, I know a few people are playing her as a D5. That's where I might be thinking, oh... Can I shuffle it a bit? But, yeah, we'll see see what happens there. Yeah.
0: I think that's a, that's a, a, a big one that we'll have to watch on the weekend. Bales, what are you currently running at your D5?
2: Have you got uh, Corner on field? Yep. Still got Cordner. So, loving this uh, risky chat. <laughs> so, yeah. I've got uh, me a Bush on the bench. So, that just come down to which I'll decide sort of who i play Corner or Bush. Because Bush has got Hawthorne. So, it could, uh, could be a, an okay match up there. So,
0: yeah. Same with same with the Suns though. I think they're both pretty good matchups for defenders. And I also just having watched Carlton, the ball will be in their defence a lot.
1: Mm. Well, speaking of rookie defenders on the bench um, in these games, uh, my uh, my current defender on the bench, Neve McLaughlin, has been named in halfback, which is exciting to see another debut, but one that we knew about ahead of time. Um, the other awesome debut that we're seeing named in this Gold Coast side is Alana G. So. Um, named in the midfield, which is what we want to see, um, also, also on my bench. Um, what else from this one? Doo-doo-doo. Oh, I did think it was interesting that we've got the second ruck in the Gold Coast, Darcy Davies, named as fullback. And I don't don't know enough about this, so I'm putting it out to the crowd. But does that make maybe Lauren Bella a slightly more attractive ruck option as maybe having primary ruck role? Did she already kind of have that? And I'm just talking shit. What do we think about the ruck sitch here?
3: I mean, I think Lauren Bella will be primary ruck regardless of what happens. I think that Davies will probably be more of a relief ruck. Um, So I think that, I don't think Bella is necessarily a more attractive option as a fantasy player because of that but i think that you could probably expect that lauren bella will play the majority of the minutes in the ruck
0: nice yeah i was not uh i i, I never questioned whether or not bella would be majority ruck i think gold coast just locked lost height in their defense so they've named a main mainly a rock in davis
3: well i actually think that the obvious player to play at that fullback is named on the bench, which is Clara Fitzpatrick who played at fullback for St. Kilda. That's so I think, true. I think that's the one you can probably expect to be at fullback for Gold Coast.
2: Yeah. So the question, other question I have from Gold Coast team is that, so with Alana G being named, because a lot of us have got Ty Smith and um, Scorn as you sort of, you might have one on the field and one on the bench. For those people that are doing the rookie rucks, are we just going two rookie rucks and picking Alana G in our utility? Or are we sort of hedging her bets a bit and going the three rookie rucks and missing out on Alana G and, and potentially having a look at bringing her in that next week?
3: I personally have gone for Alana G as the utility. I am very keen on Alana G as an option. I think she is a very big chance to win the
0: Rising Star this year. Mm. I think Liam? I... I, I, I... Think that Alana G will be very good, but this I don't think Alana G is going to win the Rising Star because almost all the draftees from last year could uh, could still win it. That's how highly I rate Alana G. I think she has wow. the chance. I, having watched that Gold Coast game for a little bit, I thought she was all right. I just don't know if she's going to get enough time through that midfield to be able to win it. Like, and in terms of the actual fantasy question. I think the more important thing, more important thing to get right here is which ruck to have. Um, given that we're running a ruck strategy, I want to spread myself as as far and wide as possible. So I'm running with the three rucks as well, in the hope that I can at least find one, if not two, who can score at a passable level to be fieldable, and then I can switch between matchups. So, and if I'm like, if if G is someone that I need to pick, then you know, so be it. It's, it's, a, it's a trade that I
2: can make in the first two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can have a look at the first week and if one of the rucks is maybe sharing a bit more playing, not as much in the ruck, you can always switch to Alana G next week because I don't think the Pros going to get away from you from after one week. No. Yeah,
1: I think you could argue the same for both options. Like if you take the three rucks or you take two rucks and, and G and nan score like one week or so of watching and seeing what happens isn't going to be make or break. Yeah. Um,
3: Just quickly, sorry, and I think that's that's why I've gone for G on field. Not that it's going to be a huge difference, but I just have the feeling that a midfielder, who I rate very highly, obviously, I think has the potential to possibly score a bit higher than one of these rucks who's sharing the role, which means you might be paying a bit less if you do want to make the trade for the ruck, but it is much of a muchness, so it really depends on how you feel rucks versus
0: whatever other strategy you want to go for. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I have a quick if just before we move on, sorry, I have a quick um Gold Coast question here. Bess Keeney, um, someone that I was quite keen on at the end of last season and then never did anything about that, and admittedly hadn't done anything about that right until I t- saw this um lineup come out. Um, what do we think about her as a defender that's named on the wing and is not that highly owned and not that expensive. Well, I guess she's fairly expensive, but yeah. Does this make her more attractive as an option?
0: I think you've kind of answered it there, which is she's already kind of expensive and she did play a fair fairly high role last year. So she did get up the ground a fair bit, which is why she actually scored quite well. I don't know if I see any ups that much upside for her.
3: I I see Beskini in the glut of back line options we have around <laughs> that high 50 average where one of them could go much better this year. Who is it going to be? Not quite sure. Not sure it's going to be Keeney, but I think what she does have on her side is consistency. So you can definitely pick her as a set-and-forget defender who's probably going to score close enough to 60 each week playing on a wing.
1: Thank you. Makes sense. Hey, Bailey, do you want to take uh, do you want to take your team for the review? Yeah. Unless
3: yeah, we have
1: any but... more Carlton Collingwood questions? I, mean, I know, Carlton, I know well.
2: how much you love talking about Port Adelaide, Bailey, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we got the showdown, uh, Adelaide versus Port Adelaide at Norwood, and I'll be going to this game. So it's uh, good to actually finally get to some games this season instead of being in America like I was last year, having to watch them at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. So um, in terms of... The teams, I think yeah, so the usual suspects, Marinoff and Hatchard, have been named on the ball, which doesn't surprise anyone. So I think if you were confident in picking either of them, I think that that is still um, a go-ahead. I think the big one for, for the Crows here is that, Liam, obviously you raised the fact that with Sarah Allen being out about Chelsea Randall um, playing a little bit more in defence and she's been named at fullback. So... Is, is that a concern? I know we were talking about before people getting named in, in different spots um, and it's a bit funky, but the Crows team sort of looking at it seems pretty set on similar to what they would do. Is, is that a concern for you?
0: It's uh, just another kind of small flag to add. I don't think it's like determinative. Um, it's a, if only because. Chelsea Randall and the reason why she she's such a good fantasy player is she does actually get used everywhere. So is there a world I could see where Chelsea Randall is at the first center bounce and Abby Ballard is playing in the back line? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they've also got Maddie Newman, who played a lot in the back line last year, named on the bench. So I'm not reading too much into it for the time being. I think it just speaks to the fact that we have just the the flag with Chelsea is that when anyone goes down at basically any line, she is just as good as a midfielder as she is as a forward as she is as a defender. And in the last premiership team that Adelaide had, she played predominantly as a key defender. So she is the break glass in case of emergency player. Oh, and she's the captain. So basically does anything to help the club. So I think that's the main reason that it's a flag. It's just another little bit pointing towards her playing defender again.
2: Yeah, and I've uh, I've sort of toyed with, with picking her or not. I know, Will, you commented on the post there in the week about saying, oh, you've only got one uh, Crows player in, which, yes, I know I want four or five in the, by the time the games get started. But um, she's near 1.2 million and selected by 50% of the comp. So part of me is just like, well, do I just go with the crowd and if she if she fails and she's so expensive, you can just go down to another option or do I take, take it on? And if she goes well, if I've got some cash in the bank, I can always bring her in. I don't know if anyone else. Is anyone here starting with Chelsea Randall in their side? Oh, I haven't got her at the moment. No, not picking Chelsea Randall at this stage. Mel.
1: Also, sorry, couldn't figure out how to unmute. Uh, no, also not picking Chelsea Randall.
2: Okay, yeah so, yeah. so it seems like none of us started with her, which uh, which uh, which uh, I want to start with her, but yeah, just unsure. Um, is there anyone else? For, well, Sarah Goodwin was named. For, for the Crows to make a debut for the Crows. So she's a bit of a cheaper option. Is anyone keen on, on a bit of Sarah Goodwin in their side? It's
0: something that I've considered if I wanted to have a slightly more expensive D5. But it's one of those ones where I didn't see enough in the practice match of the role to be confident that she'll play every week and that the role will be fantasy scoring friendly. Um, so I know that she has she does have really good uh, numbers in the sample W, um, but it's just yeah, it's it's a watch and wait for me, and it might be someone that we downgrade to to make cash, to to fix up in the first couple of weeks. So yeah, we one that I'll watch pretty intently on
2: uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I think she's a a watch and wait. Um, and is there anything for, else from the Crows? Anyone else anyone from the Crows? Anyone wants to talk about before we move to the to the port side? I, I think, think just, the only thing I just want to say that I'm
0: glad that
3: watch and wait is caught on to be completely honest
2: (laughs) oh dear
0: what have i done (laughs) a couple of times i think the only other one to talk about is jess allen is one of the five rookie ruck options that we've got available and she's been named in the same team as caitlin gould but we've had it flagged pretty early on that it sounds like gould will also play time up forward so it's not given us anything we weren't already expecting, but it's probably worth noting that she has actually been named in this
2: side alongside Gould. And then Montana McKinnon's also been named on the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see how the, sort of the rucks... How the talls line up. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, moving to the Port Adelaide side. So uh, it's uh, I'm sort of keen on Erin Phillips. She's been named in the middle, which has been great. And I think that as has been spoken about the preseason, the fact that Ash Saint has now uh, made the move from the Crows to Port, um, sort of with her and Houghton doing that sort of the double team up forward. I think that that opens up the possibility for Erin Phillips to to push up the ground more and go more on that midfield. So she's currently in my side. Uh, Is she someone that you guys are interested in? She's been
0: in and out of my side. I currently have Nina Morrison over Erin Phillips because of the, Webster news we got yesterday, kind of confirmation of timelines, but in a pinch in the next 24 hours, I there's a very real possibility that Phillips might end up hacking my team.
1: i got to say, I was, and I think my excitement when we started talking about Phillips as a fantasy option was undeniable. I was like, yes, this is great. Um, but the more I think about it, I think if I stick to my gut of the kind of rules that seem to make sense to me, and I know I'm not a AFL ex- AFLW expert or a AFLW fantasy expert, so a lot of this is just Mel's random gut feel that doesn't always work. But she's and she's an older player. Not much has particularly changed that I can see that would mean that the scoring is going to be significantly better than last year. And she's kind of expensive, and I think while I'm really excited, I think she's a great option. I don't think I'm as bullish as her, as bullish on her, maybe as I was at the start, or maybe um, you who who just said they had her in a team. Oh, Liam, yeah. that she might come back in your team. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think she's an option, but I don't know if she's such an exciting option that she's one to start with.
0: Yeah, I think it's more that she just sits in a a price bracket that I like. And Mm. historically, her average was 76 going into last year. Fantasy-wise, she only scored 56 and had a horrific role. Like, burned a lot of teams that started with her last year. I just think that this Port Adelaide side will be better suited for her to score well. Like, I think I think that's the main thing, and it's it's a healthy forward line that won't force her to spend most of her time being like basically sat on by two people.
2: Yeah, and looking looking at like the forward averages from last year, where you look at like players like Taylor Harris, priced at sixty six um, or just over sixty six, is that I think if Erin Phillips can get to that sixty five to seventy average, which I think with the with Ash Saint being, I think that's a, a possibility that taking sort of what. I've learnt from the, from the AFL um, men's fantasy game is that looking for value is, is key. And I think that uh, Phillips does offer value. So I think that uh, that's why I do like her as a pick there. Um, looking at the other players from uh, Port Adelaide that have uh, been known that a few people are looking at. So obviously Maddie uh, Schultz has been named as the uh, ruck there. Uh, Levicki's on the bench. So um, I don't know if that's too much a concern. Maybe she Gives up a little bit of ruck time to Levicki, and they split it a little bit. But um, Maddie Schultz got her big wraps on her at Port, so I think that she will be still a good pick there. Um, is that just is that enough for you guys to play her on field at, at R one for week one, or are we looking at uh, a Davies or, a, or even a, um, a Hoare on field instead? What What are our thoughts for that? At the moment, I'm tossing up between Schultz and Hoare.
0: Um I think the fact that there's base. There's there's a limited – so the fact that um, Fuller hasn't been named kind of whatsoever and the fact that Alice Edmonds comes in under an injury cloud and she's also been named on the bench for the Dogs, I'm possibly leaning towards whore at the moment. But, yeah, it's a real tough one for me because I don't think there's an easy answer because Schultz probably has the lowest amount of competition amongst all of them. Oh, sorry. Hall has the lowest competition, but Schultz is probably the most exciting. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not set at the moment. It's a it's a real tough one for me to pick.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I've got I've currently got um, Hall on the field at the moment, um, just with the with Live Fuller not being in the side, and um, yeah, Schultz has got Levicki there, and I guess Fleur Davies could potentially have um, McCormick there. We'll wait, obviously, for when the those teams get finalised. So, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it from that game, um, the, unless anyone else wants to touch on anything else from before we just move a on.
0: couple of other ones that are popular. Jasmine ja- Dursma has been named, and she's pretty highly owned as a mid four hundred k defender. And then Jasmine Stewart, who I can't remember the price of the top of my head, but she comes across after having not played for a few years. Um, yeah, so she is in currently nearly eight percent of teams, three hundred ninety four k. Mid and has been named on the ball, so one to watch there as well. She's played a couple of seasons before at Fremantle. We'll jump in with your encyclopedic knowledge of AFLW history here.
3: Yeah, I didn't actually play a game for Frio, uh, I was just on the list. Um, so I went back to you know playing in the reserves grade, played very well in that midfield. I would expect her to take uh, Maria Maloney's spot while she's not there. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's a awkward one in terms of fantasy for me because while well, I think she'll score all right, three ninety four is just a little bit expensive for me.
0: Agreed, and I also think that the fact that Hannah Ewing's will almost certainly get a run in the midfield, or I would be very surprised if she didn't, means that I don't know if she takes Maria Maloney's role completely.
2: With with Ewing's, just quickly before um, we move on, is is. Are we considering her in the Mirrors Magic one, obviously being a forward? Um, she's a bit more expensive. So I've currently got her in my side on the base. I think she'll improve upon last year. But is she someone that we're looking at in, the, in their forward lines in the Mirrors Magic format? Sorry, Paz, was
0: that Ewing's?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, Ewing's. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've got Ewings? Ewing's in at the moment. I think she'll be like a superstar. I'm also considering Abby Dowrick from the Mirrors Magic side at the moment as well because I just get the feeling that Of the players who scored well last year, she's probably got the best pure midfield role. Like outside, so it was like Ewing's, Dowrick, Roberts. And then you kind of had the 40s averaging rookies. So Goldsworthy, Cynthia Hamilton and Paige Scott. I think of all of them who could take the robot and Presparkus leap up to that 80s player, I think Dowrick's the most likely At that point, then, we've kind of got through all of the Adelaide and Port Adelaide teams. Will, do you want to jump in on Geelong and Western Bulldogs? Certainly can. So most of the news is surrounding the players that are out
3: with injury and the players that are in despite injury concerns. So I'm just going to go straight into some of the players that were named. The big one is obviously, and we've talked about them a bit already, Aaron Hall playing in the ruck with Liv Fuller named as an emergency. Um Kate Darby will be the backup ruck as she was to live for the last season. So Aaron Hall will pretty much take most of the ruck work there. Um, and then we've also talked about Alice Edmonds, named despite the test during the week. Another one is Katie Lynch, who I know quite a few people have. Um, another one who was had an injury concern that is not uh, necessarily coming in as you know, the fittest they possibly could be, despite being uh, nearly 16% owned. So I'd be a little bit concerned about that one, but we know Katie Lynch can score really, really well. Um, in terms of debutantes, we have a couple for Geelong. Uh, Ash Maloney, Irish woman, comes in as a key forward, apparently been super exciting uh, as a leading key forward. Not sure that's necessarily a fantasy friendly role, though. And the other one is the third McDonald to join the Geelong team in Abby McDonald, who is a small defender. So in those, in there's probably one other major out that we probably need to talk about, which is Rebecca Webster. The Geelong midfield was pretty pretty tight with um, Prospakis, Webster, and McDonald, Amy McDonald last season. Webster out sort of opens up a bit of a a midfield spot. Um, This is particularly interesting for people like myself who are looking to run Nina Morrison in their forward line. Uh, And the other one is Darcy Maloney has been named in the centre on the team sheet. Though, once again, team sheets aren't always the most accurate source of information apparently, but definitely worth considering both of those two in your
0: forward line. Darcy Maloney is one that is one that I'd had on my sheet to kind of watch just because her scoring to end last season, so in her final four games, she averaged nearly 64 and also had some really good points per minute numbers, um, particularly in the finals. So in that final against North, she had 65 points on only 64% time on ground. And then against Sydney, she had 79 points on 63% time on ground. So whilst the time on ground numbers are low, those points per minute numbers uh, are really good. So it's not one I'm willing to jump into just given the other forward options I think that we have, and we've kind of seen them score at a level that's good before, but it's almost uh, one where you can't get too far ahead of yourself and think that we don't need to think about her. She's definitely one that I'll be watching to see how she performs on the weekend.
3: It's actually one that I hate that we've brought up because I had that one in my back pocket for a little bit. I love Darcy Maloney. She's one of my absolute favourite players. I am very strongly considering putting her in my team. Uh, I, I think she's going to be a superstar. Um, this is definitely not Geelong bias. Cough, cough it
0: is. This is classic, <laughs> classic will. Like this is you in in men's and women's fantasy going through the preseason with very normal ideas and then getting the the 11th hour and then pulling out some random Geelong pick that you're like, no, I love it. It's going to win me the comp.
3: It's not. I never say it's going to win me the comp. Let's. I'm, I want to get that straight because I know realistically I'm never going to win the comp. But what it is is going to bring me happiness, and that's the important thing.
1: And it gives you satisfaction of watching your fantasy plays, which is another element that I put a lot of emphasis exactly. on when making and my that, team. And That
3: is why <laughs> Nina Morrison and Darcy Maloney are the players that everyone should pick, really,
0: because they are, they are the best. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. Moving, uh, moving right along, in terms of uh, the other things I wanted to mention about the dogs, it's the fact that Ellie Blackburn has been named, even though she sounded like she had a pretty horrendous, corky, um, corked quad. Um, and interestingly as well, and I know we don't read too much into this, but on the bench for the Western Bulldogs. Best are bench probably, I've ever seen. Best bench that, that i is, That is their five bench. Literally everyone. I saw that.
1: The first thing I did was snip that and was like, this is an interesting bench <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with this team name, team the, list? The,
0: the other one to note is the fact that Dominique Carruthers has been named on a half forward line. Now, I know that Ellie Blackburn did go down uh, and spend most of uh, most of the game off in the practice match, but Dom Carruthers actually had a fair few CBAs against North Melbourne. Now, Western Bulldogs got absolutely hammered. But I liked what I saw from her and she'll come in as a bargain price player having, I think she's a mature aged um, draft. Well, not even a draftee, just a free agent pickup. I think she's 26 and has been playing at the Western Bulldogs VFLW side. So I think she's definitely a name that I'm considering kind of throwing around probably in my MM team if, uh, if that CBA role appears.
3: Yeah, this, this is similar to the Lily Goss one where she's a dominant midfielder in the VFL coming into this team, and it's
0: basically whether
3: she can play the role that she's good at, which is a midfielder, or if she gets shunted to a half-forward line. If she does get those midfield minutes, as you say, Liam, that's really, really an interesting pick. If she's stuck on a half-forward flank, maybe not as interesting, but certainly one to watch. I think um, I think I, I talked a bit about it before, but the thing for me that is quite interesting is there are several players that have been named in this Bulldogs team, despite injury concerns, and that is quite quite a surprise to me because we know that um, Riley Wilcox, um, Lynch, Edmonds, Blackburn, as you say, Kirsty Lamb, a lot of their prime movers have been under injury clouds, and it just makes me wonder whether there's going to be a bit more rotation and shuffling in that Bulldogs team. Which, if you're if you've been following the Western Bulldogs in the AFLM fantasy, is usually not a very good thing
1: no yeah oh (laughs) yeah and no at the same time I was going to do like a yeah nah and be like yeah nah I wonder if the reason why there's so many big names on this interchange is just because they are not going to start on because of injury concerns and it is just going to be a a crazy rotation here um the one other thing I have to say about the Bulldogs which I'm very excited that I actually have two things to say about the Bulldogs because they just somehow always slip my mind um is that when we were doing the dogs episode, we were looking at the ownership of um, highest uh, on each line, and the highest owned forward was the fourth highest owned player in the whole squad here, which is um, um Good, she's still the fourth highest owned Bulldogs player, but she's gone down considerably in ownership to two point two five, which is fitting given that she's not named. Um, so okay, that's why that's you good. Avoid, then? Yeah, well, <laughs> not not a watch and wait. But on on the replacement side, we've got Gemma La, Lagoya, who is a name I have never LaGoya. heard of.
0: LaGoya. Gemma Lagoya,
1: yeah. Uh, she's definitely
0: Thoughts? a she's definitely a known quantity. She's been at the Bulldogs for the last four seasons.
1: Yep, that's just my Bulldogs black hole showing its yep. <laughs> showing its face there. I
0: think, um,
1: but so cheap. Yeah,
0: it's, I have a good reason.
1: Ah, Um, what's the good reason?
0: uh, She doesn't score points very well.
1: Gotcha. So she's been playing and she's still basement priced.
0: Yep. (laughs) That's
1: why you
3: don't
0: know ML because
1: she hasn't. Yep. Okay. (laughs) That checks out. (laughs) Never mind me then. Carry on.
0: The one thing I did want to note um, for anyone considering Katie Lynch is Millie Brown was named on the injury list as having a knee injury for three to four weeks. Now, feel free to correct me, Will, but. That does leave them slightly short in defence.
3: Yeah, Brown being out on the injury list is indeed one that uh, does mean that she may end up playing tall. We know Naomi Ferris plays quite tall. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does give me calls for concern. Geelong doesn't have necessarily the tallest forward line, which may be of benefit to her in this game. But we know that if they do come up against tall forward lines, she has played a lockdown role before, which has absolutely tanked her scoring. So I prefer her to have more defensive reinforcements to be around her if I think she's going to be a good scorer. So with that and coming off an injury-interrupted preseason, I'm not necessarily that keen to pick her.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I was going to say, I can't pick Katie Lynch. There was too many nightmares for me. Uh, I remember one time coming back, and she was only on like thirty points, and I and I was just like, "Yeah, brilliant!" So just and you got you guys have said that she can go ninety one week, and then she can go thirty the next week. So I think yep, I'd be um, paying for a bit more security. Um, absolutely
1: with you there, Bailey. She could she could be the best player in the whole season, and I still won't be able to put her in my side because I'm I rem- just scarred.
2: <laughs> I remember that game against Hawthorne, the wet weather game last year, that she was had a terrible start, and then she racked up like ninety points in the remaining three quarters, and I thought beautiful, what a pick on debut. And then I reckon it was the next week she went and got like a 50 and the next week was like a 30. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do this. So yeah. She's she's like,
3: I think the one other interesting pick is, um, or not pick rather, but player picked for the Bulldogs is um Brianna McFarlane, who's sort of come out of nowhere. She was a key forward um, who was pinch hitting in the ruck, playing out in country New South Wales, and has basically gone straight into the Bulldogs team in, basically true Bulldogs fashion, and has been named at centre-half back. She's 177 centimetres tall, so she is that tall key position player. So she may be the one that can give um, Katie Lynch the chop out, but at the same time, as a, a debutante player, even as a, you know, I say mature age, she's 22, but as a as a not, you know, drafty rookie age player, I'm, I'm still not sure that that's going to be enough to really help out Katie Lynch enough to really give her the role that we know and love to see her scoring 90s and said give us the one that will have Bailey tearing his hair out.
0: Yeah, and just to cover off on that point, uh, Bree McFarlane was also named as a test on the injury list. So I think that r- just about rounds about the reasons why we shouldn't buy Katie Lynch and we can move straight on to Essendon and Hawthorne.
3: No, no, one, no one's interested in Essendon here, I, I wouldn't have thought. No, not at all.
0: All right, moving on to the Kangaroos and St Kilda there. Uh, so in terms of interesting things for – I'm going to start with Essendon. So we've got a couple of key rookies named. We've got the most important uh, rookie midfielder of the year. Uh, Mia Bush has been named on the bench. Uh, and then G. Nanskorn has also been named on the bench, uh, which who's, is great. Who's, who's G. Nanskorn, Liam? Oh, just a nobody, just a schmo. Um, don't pick her. <laughs> she's not very good at football. I, I really don't like her that much. Um, she's only in my side because I don't think there's anyone else to pick. Uh, no, I think she'll be. I think she'll be great. I'm just. It's just whether or not I like the way the Bombers have been named enough to put her on field versus um, Tiana Smith versus a pretty dominant North Melbourne side. So that's my one of my conundrums at the moment. Um, in terms of other things to note about the Bombers, it's uh, the fact that Danny Marshall has been named as an emergency. Now, she was the highest-scoring defender for the Bombers last year, which is great.
2: This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.
0: For a player that I've been high on for quite a while now, which is Brooke Brown, uh, she's going to come into the season priced at 50. I think the fact that the main kick-out taker from last year from Essendon isn't playing and the fact that she will probably be you know unleashed as the kind of key quarterback back there and did so in both the match sim and the practice match that I watched I'm as high on brown now as I ever was before and I think that's the And then in terms of other things to note I I think the fact that Leah Cutting hasn't been named might is you know good for Steph Wales scoring but I think it might be a week to week proposition and it's the fact that Steph uh, Lucy Wales for Hawthorne has been named, listed as an out for at least a week, and they're only really running one bona fide ruck at Hawthorne in Tamara Luke might be the reason that cutting only comes in when they're going up against a, a group of bona fide tools is, is probably about it to name for the Bombers. And maybe if you want to read into a little bit, which is Paige Scott has been named on the ball, which yep. that was we all love.
3: That goes straight to you. I was going to say, Paige Scott on the ball, what do you think?
0: My thought is that it won't mean too much um for the rest for the for the, her season long role prospects because she might, sc- she might score as well as she did in this fixture last year in round one against Hawthorne, but I don't anticipate that she will be a permanent midfielder. I would expect that Jean Anscorn, uh will be the primary kind of that will be in the primary group and then, Scott will get thrown in as a change of pace. And then if the Bombers are really worried about size, they might use Jackie Voss in there as well. So I don't think I'd be reading too much into that.
3: You know what uh, I really, uh, really like about the idea
0: of Paige Scott in the midfield, Liam? What's that? More opportunity to give away free kicks. Oh yeah. Don't even get that, there. <laughs> that, and, that and get minus no. ones. Let's just hope we don't have to have a repeat of Brisbane again. And then moving across yep. to moving across to Hawthorne, uh, I think in terms of this is another team where there's some very interesting uh, positional allocations. Um, Emily Bates, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of heard of her before, but she's been named on the bench. Um, alongside Bates another, the M1. A, it's Bates not really C1. happening now,
1: is it? <laughs> Bates M1. <laughs>
0: alongside another kind of no-namer, uh, also named on the bench, in Greta Bodie. Uh, so that's a certainly an interesting one because I don't. I think it just kind of speaks to the fact that we probably shouldn't read too much into Louise Stevenson being named on the ball. Uh, that is one where she had played all over during the preseason, and then also was playing as a forward predominantly when she chopped in for a few games at the VFLW level. So don't necessarily read too much into that. If you're if you're hot on Stevenson because you've got the inside word, she'll be a midfielder. You know, go ahead. But I wouldn't be overly analysing that. And then the other key name that's come in, who's relatively highly owned as a rookie, is Christy Stratton. Has, has anyone kind of got any strong thoughts on this one, on whether or not they would pick Stratton, who I think is like 304K?
3: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because she does play on the ball. I mean, everyone loves a, a forward who can play on the ball. I think the thing that concerns me the most about Hawthorne is they've just got almost too many players to run through that midfield. Like, they've got essentially four midfielders named on the bench in Bates, Bodie can run through there, Tam Smith, and also Charlotte and to complement uh, Lucas Rod, Stratton, Stevenson potentially, Fleming's Stevenson. named on half forward. They've just got midfielders everywhere. And I just – I think Stratton will play in the midfield at stages, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those
0: rotations work because – that amount of midfielders can't all fit into one midfield. Yeah. And and for those who kind of aren't across it, like Stratton had has played four seasons at Collingwood. Um, One season she played, when five games averaged, basically 50 points at 0.59, 0.95, sorry, points per minute. So a, a relatively high tackling player when given that inside midfield role. But yeah, I... I think that, again, this is a a bit of an interesting situation with where players have been named. I can't hate it if you're running her as an F6, but I'm personally not going to uh, for the time being.
1: I think other than Batesy at 5% ownership, this idea that there's too many midfielders to fit in the midfield and the Bulldogs-like interchange list with some of the best players uh, named on the bench to begin with is making me think this is not a team you want to be picking midfielders from. Um, and we can kind of see that reflecting who people have picked so far as well. Um, do you think that Tam Luke takes a like she's named on the ball, but does, does she become a viable cheap ruck option now, or uh, is it likely to some of those hitouts to go to who was it that I was thinking? Is it Sarah Perkins?
0: In terms no? of rucking, yeah. I think it could like I would say that if they need a ruck, they might throw Perkins in there. In all likelihood, though, I would say Luke will ruck most of this game. But Steph Wales sounds like she's only a one-week proposition and should be back next week.
1: Mm. Sorry, Lucy Luke's Wales. also actually a forward anyway, so I take. Yeah, back. so
0: Tam Luke is a forward, I believe she's a ruck in Marrera's Magic. That's ah, sad. yes. So one-week play. Um, we know kind of what she, she scored a 50 when she had the role last year. So if we got more indication that this would be a season long thing, you could add her to the list of, of rookie rucks to pick, but yeah, I just don't want to buy into a player where I feel like that role will change to a key forward role. The second Wales comes back. Anyone? I don't think there's anything else in this, uh, in this matchup to name. I think maybe you could argue that Jazz Fleming is a player that uh, could be a big riser this year. And if you wanted to take a, a real loose pick in the same way, you might go with Dowrick. Fleming's not the most outrageous decision. She's my current favourite for Rising Star. All right, I'll take that as red. Um, Sorry, I couldn't,
1: I couldn't unmute. Who did you say that was? Fleming. Ah, oh, right, yes. Yeah,
3: okay. I, I think Fleming's a, a good chance to be right up there in the rising star votes as well. Um, as I said, the only concern for me surrounds the makeup of that midfield for Hawthorne, but I think Fleming's too talented a player for Hawthorne to leave her out.
0: Yeah, I generally agree with that. Um, moving along then to the Kangaroos and St Kilda now, we've only got extended benches for these. So. There are some names on the Kangaroos bench and also the St Kilda bench that I would be expected to be named. So I'd be very shocked if Kate Shearer isn't playing. And we also know that Ruby Tripodi, uh, 300k midfielder, who we got to interview earlier mm. in the season, has been also named as debuting. So we've got at least two of the five there. Um in terms of the, like, I don't know about you guys, but the kangaroos have been one of the most interesting sides for me, kind of fantasy-wise and also kind of real-life fantasy. Um, and so I have been thinking a lot about them. How many how many people have you got from north in your side at the moment?
2: I've currently got two at the moment, and they're both on field. So Emma Carney, uh, just for the safety of... I think she'll be D1 or D2. And then I'm also going a bit of uh, a unique lean, which you know in the midfield, in Ash Rodell, who I know you're also uh, pretty keen on.
0: Yeah, I love Ash Rodell because I think the, the key thing to name here is uh, Jenna Bruton is missing three to four weeks. I see that Mia King has been named on the ball and she's she's been the kind of third highest CBA midfielder for last season. So that's not surprising. What is interesting is i'd love to get you guys thoughts on who you think will be also getting cbas now at least in this first month with Bruton out and do we think that that will improve the stocks of any one of riddell ghana or anyone else at north
3: i'm not sure it necessarily improves the stocks of them i think that riddell and ghana in particular are pretty pretty decent players so I think they would have been running through there regardless anyway um I think it kind of depends on really who you think is going to play more of that inside role I think there's been a bit of talk about Amy Smith playing that role um, has been playing on the wing named as a defender as well so that's quite an interesting option I think probably the there's a chance that some of the half forwards like a Bella Eddie or an Ellie Gavales could run through there, but that'd be more of a pinch hitting thing. I, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if Garner, King and Riddell becomes actually quite a tight midfield group, to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, I my my thought was it would probably tighten up just a little bit. And then I also had a look back at the CBA numbers from season six. And Ellie Gavales was actually more highly represented than you'd expect. She was like a 30, 40% midfielder. CBA midfielder. So that would be one that would not surprise me, particularly now that they've actually got a bigger set of kind of smaller forwards to run through. So the naming of a Ruby Tripodi, for example, frees Gavalas up a little bit to maybe run through in the midfield. And then I also wouldn't discount the possibility that uh, Carney just throws herself in for a couple more CBAs with Bruton out. We she, we know she's done it before and usually pins hit Pinch hits, you know, every couple of weeks as a CBA player. So as much as I've been toying with the idea of not picking Carney because it feels like a bit of a safe option at, as much as you can say that about someone in their mid-30s, I think that there is just a possibility she sees a little bit more midfield time with Bruton out.
3: I think she also is always around that midfield anyway. She plays a bit of that spitter role where runs straight off half back, So if she's not in the midfield, she's always around the midfield anyway. So. I kind of agree with you, Liam, that it's a a safe pick regardless of any potential increase in midfield time.
0: Yeah. And then the the other name that's been thrown around as a bit of an option by including people like myself is Nicole Bresnahan. I think she'll – I just don't know if she stands out enough for me. I've yet to find out – like, I've yet to figure out why it is she had such a scoring explosion at the end of last year. She had those kind of couple of games in the near the 90s in the finals – which weren't priced in. So she's not in my sight at the moment, but she's very attractively priced at I think only like 46 or 47. So I wouldn't begrudge anyone that wanted to to chance their arm there, probably even more so than an Amy Smith who had that huge out-of-the-box score against Geelong in the 110-odd with like whatever it was, 18 tackles. But outside of that was a pretty consistent 50 ish, you know, maximum of 60 before then, the fact that her highest score ever is 50 points above her second highest is pretty alarming for me.
1: Yeah, someone I was kind of keen on was... Lulu Pula and I had her on my bench for a while she's a defender um, but I must have read it somewhere that she was going to be running through the midfield a bit more and then I got even more excited about it when I heard Gemma mention it on the the podcast uh, as someone that she's keen for I was like yeah great that validates my choice here but she's a very awkward price and because she's not basement she's like 435 or so and we don't know exactly where if she's going to be named or not because she's currently in that long bench it means that even if I did, like if I had someone else um, on my bench and I wanted to swap over to Lulu if she gets named, uh, it makes it kind of hard because she's not just Wookiee for Wookiee. It's not 300 for 300. So um, she's one I'm calling on. I don't know if you guys were keen on her at all at any stage. That's the only other one from North.
0: A bit a bit too awkwardly priced for me. Um all right, so
1: cool.
0: <laughs> in terms of the Kangaroos, in terms of St Kilda, I think the key things to note are we are guaranteed uh, to see Tiana Smith back for the first time in two seasons. B. who is another one of those high 50-priced defenders, is named after having a knee knock in the practice match. Outside of that, you know, they've, they've got the additions of Choppy Lambert. Jesse Wardlaw has arrived uh Serene Watson is named on the extended bench as is Steph Chochi I would expect um, the kind of I would expect both both of them to be named alongside Hannah Stewart as well in terms of the fantasy prospects of this team I think it's pretty much Tiana Smith or bust anyone have any opinions there oh actually the other thing to name is um a rookie price player in Beth Pinchin has also been named at full forward
3: I don't necessarily think it's all bust. I think there's a couple of other options. I think uh, Jamie Lambert at a cheaper price, she can go much higher. I think that Jacobson and Priest present as viable options, not necessarily the best or the best value options, but I think they're both players who can score fairly well. Um, other than that, I suppose the only one that's very speculative would be Nicky Zenos as a forward. We've been hoping Nikki Zenos will explode at some stage and hasn't quite happened yet but she's one that i i watch with interest for when that finally happens i guess the one other player that i do want to throw to one of you guys is georgia patricios
2: what do we think oh, of i was about yeah. to say that <laughs> yeah i i really want to pick her as an option because just i like the way she she goes about it but i know liam was talking to me on tuesday night um when we we're going to my team and that that I just don't think you can trust Nick Del Santo. I just don't think that she's going to get that consistent CBA mid time that we're probably after for for someone see, priced I, in the, at sixty eight. But I would I'd like if she was
3: interesting. Liam's got a, a big grudge against Nick Del Santo. I will say that I think that they've got a very different team this year, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it shapes up. Because um, if if they do play their best midfield. Simply put, it is clearly Patricios, Lambert and Smith. And so if you see But they won't. That's that's what I mean. If that's the midfield you see at the centre bounce to start the game, fantastic. As as Liam said, who knows what will actually come to be, but I think there is a world where you could pick Patricios on that knowing that she can average 90. I think that at around the price she is, there's a lot of options that we've talked about, so I'm probably not prepared to take that gamble, but it's a it's a player who I can see myself trading into after round one if
0: the role is there. It's
3: I, probably a...
2: Probably a watch and wait for mine, but yes, I leave you go. That's
0: a watch and wait. Thank
2: you. Baby. No, no. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> yeah, I've got to get it added. No, no. I, I don't even think it's a watch and wait because I literally don't. I, if I saw it week one, like there's no guarantee it would be there week two. But I also don't think it's just roles for players. I also just think that the game style is not particularly high scoring whatsoever. Like they are messy going forward they are not a good kick mark team they do not play well at stoppages when i was watching them la- each of the last two seasons like you say like yeah okay cool we if we see the cbas if the start of the game is like t smith Georgia Patrikios, and choppy lambert great but the next one will be molly mcdonald nicholas stevens and i don't know steph chochi and you'll sit there pulling your hair out like do yourself a favor and don't don't just don't, because even even like Hannah Priest, like she scores best as a halfback, and then for some reason he's one of the few players uh, who who gets worse when um when we when she goes into the midfield. Like I don't trust Nick Del Santo whatsoever. Like Georgia Patrikios average ninety as in season five, and then comes back and averages seven fewer possessions a game, a bunch fewer marks. Fewer meters gained in only about three or four percent less time on ground. Like it's a bad game style. Don't pick like mid-priced or full-priced St Kilda players. You will be sad. And there ends my there ends my rant on on St Kilda and Nick O'Santo. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Wayne. It's, it's, it's a painful, painful thing because I got sucked into Patricios last year, and I'm not going to get it to happen again. But the reason why I like T Smith is she tackles damn hard, and I think that's a bloody good thing.
2: Yeah, and she's 300k.
0: Yes, and that too. Um, Moving on then to the next game, which fills me with less sadness, which is uh, Brisbane and Richmond. Uh, Mel, Will, or Bales, did you guys want to speak to this one?
1: Um, I was just having a look, and the thing that shocked me the most about Richmond um, is that Molly Eastman is listed on this long interchange bench, which she's like, I think she's like the fourth most owned Richmond player or something like that. Um not that high, but yeah, that's uh that's an interesting one to see. Did did we know that in advance?
0: Uh we we it wasn't a guarantee that she'd get picked, but mm. I would be surprised if she doesn't, just having a look at mm. oh actually, so in terms of players that I think will get named from this bench, like Poppy Kelly, yes, Meg McDonald, yes, Libby Graham, yes, and Jess then not,
3: Jess Hosking almost guaranteed. Yeah, so yeah. then it's
0: then it's kind of one of Jones, Wicksteen, Woods and Eastman. Now, I would expect Eastman to be named out of those four. But I think the fact that Libby Graham is also named on a bench and she's another defender might just give some people some pause. And so don't be massively surprised if she's not picked round one.
1: Mm. Yeah, which is very interesting.
3: So, yeah, another another one, like Jemima Woods played, five games at the end of last season as a um, forward option off the bench. So she's another one that's been thereabouts, and Courtney Jones is another recruit-up forward. Um, given they've only named, I mean, you could argue that Katie Brennan's a key forward, but you've got Greiser is the, the one who we were wondering would replace um, Courtney Wakefield. She's getting first goal at it, which probably isn't that surprising. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this team um, shapes up. But it is note it is uh, important to note that Sarah Hosking is out injured with the hamstring, so the midfield will probably look a bit different
0: this week as well. Yeah, I think that kind of probably means we will see Meg McDonald roll roll through there, possibly tagging Ali Anderson.
2: The one one play from Richmond, I want people's thoughts on. I've been tossing and turning with this defender selection. It's been between Charlotte Thomas and Isla Sheeran. I just, I don't know who to pick. I love Sheeran. I think she's she's fantastic. I love watching her last year, and she's sort of one of the first players that sort of her and Tamara Smith, I remember the two first players I sort of got um, attached to. Her. I'm like, yeah, I really like the way they go about it. So if we got an opinion on what our thoughts are with Isla Sheeran um, this year, would we pick her over a Charlotte Thomas?
3: Yes, I really like Eilish Sheeran as an, as an option. Um, I think that having another preseason playing in the back line after basically playing, you know, not not AFLW for a long time and then coming straight in as an All-Australian, I really like Eilish Sheeran as a player. Um, I think that you can pretty reasonably expect she'll be up around that 60 average again. I think... If you're saying over Thomas, I think it's much for muchness, but I would personally pick um, Eilish Sheeran in that role.
2: Because I noticed the games that when she did score a bit lower last season, Sheeran, was that she seemed to play a little bit deeper in a couple of games. Um, I don't know if you guys know, that she played a little bit deeper and then other games where she sort of went boom and had those big scores when she was pushing up the ground a little bit more and sort of getting that running carry going. So... I don't know if that's what you guys saw, but I expected her to play a bit higher up um, like yeah. she uh, did in the, those good games last year.
3: Yeah, a little bit. And one of the other things that um, we heard from Eilish herself when we interviewed her for our Richmond episode is that she is looking to be playing a bit further up the ground this year, which is something that we love to hear from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, and especially, as you've said, Bales, that if you know she's getting less of the ball when
0: she's a bit deeper, of course we want to hear that she's playing a bit further up the ground. Yeah. I think, the, I think the only the argument that I would make in favour of Charlotte Thomas is uh, Eilish Sheeran is a predominantly intercept player. Now, that does not lend itself to consistent week-to-week scoring versus Charlotte Thomas, who was the main distributor, basically. Her and Emma Swanson, who would drop a long way behind the ball during the game, and that's why she was such a good scorer last year are the main distributors out of the back line for um, West Coast, and they play a vastly different game style. So if you, it, it really is depends on what kind of risk you want to take because I think Sheeran probably has that that higher ceiling because she does play a lot higher up the ground and often can end up playing off half-back uh, or, or around the half-forward line. But I would say that Charlotte Thomas will probably be a better, more consistent scorer
2: for you. So if she's playing further up the ground, maybe that, lends itself to maybe she might not be as much of the intercepting she's obviously still got that trait but maybe she's going to get more a lot more involved um, in that sort of running carry because there were times when she'd take multiple bounces just sort of bursting through the middle of the ground and she might have fumbled a couple of times but just um with that sort of another pre-season as you guys mentioned I think that there would just be that improvement so I've been tossing between the two um it'll be interesting to see who I go for but Sheeran's currently the one sitting in my side at the moment
0: Yeah, that's not an outrageous decision. I can kind of – I think you can make an argument either way. Um, In moving across to the Lions, uh, the main things to take away from this is we have seen uh, Lily Postlethwaite has been named on field, so you can lock that away as a forward rookie either on field or on the bench is currently – uh, not on my bench, actually, but she's on my bench in Marrera's Magic. I think the other thing to name here is Isabel Dawes has been named on the ball, as predicted by yours truly about, about about 10 seconds after we saw that Batesy was leaving. Um,
1: Should we go back to the uh, the disclaimer at the very start of this? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Exactly. no what disclaimer? No, this is no, 100% accurate.
0: If it confirms something that I said a long time ago that seemed like a bit of a, a long shot, then I am absolutely going to take it to the bank. Oh, um, good to know. Yeah,
3: I was actually about to say Liam. Uh, in contrast to what Mel was saying, you actually need to give yourself a bit more credit because you actually called this one last year. Yes, I did actually.
1: Yeah, I did. Age pre trades.
3: You've you've basically done with Beldors what I did with Laura Gardner last year, which is you've gone a year early.
0: Oh well, well <laughs> somewhat. Oh. Somewhat. Um, In terms of other things, I think there are some names, uh, some rookie names or some very cheap names that have been named on the interchange for Brisbane, uh, including Jade Progelli, Annalie McKee um, and Caitlin Wendland and Poppy Bolts and Ella Smith. (laughs) And? (laughs) So basically their entire bench is like rookie price players, um, which probably does speak to the fact that Brisbane might not bat as deep this year. Um. The other thing that I took away was Taylor Smith was named at full forward and I think that's great for anyone that wants to pick Talia Hickey uh, because I don't think there are a whole lot of tall players that have been named in this Brisbane side and I think that means that Taylor Smith is a more likely to be a full-time forward this year and Hickey will get more time in the ruck as a result. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's kind of what we heard from
3: um, Ellie Hampson and Jay Progelli in the interview that Smith was looking to beat that primary forward target. Um, I do want to say I I love Jade Brigelli being named as a midfielder. Jade herself got a good laugh out of that. Jade Brigelli is definitely much more of a Marrera's magic pick where she is rightly named as a defender. Um, So in, uh, in the official game, I would probably steer clear of picking a key defender as your midfield rookie option.
0: You are making outrageously bold claims, Will. You should put some more disclaimers on that.
3: All right. You know what? Jade Progelli M
0: one. No. Do, do <laughs> not. Do. Oh no. You can you can play in your loser league. I think Jade Progelli oh. would be if we're doing like a league where you're trying to score as few points as possible. I think Jade Progelli as your M one would be a great option as a midfielder. Uh, in terms of uh, any other things to note here, I don't yeah. That, well, I don't think that Brisbane ch- team has a whole lot of changes to be honest. I think outside of the fact that. Ellie Hampson was named as healthy enough to possibly get named, but she's not even been named on the extended bench.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I, I thought we were going to move on from Brisbane there. I was like, oh, oh. Um, yeah, Hampson uh, mid not named here, so that's a little bit concerning. I think it's not too bad for most listeners as she's very lowly owned, but, um, yeah, not something that I expected to see. Um can yeah, I that's was, actually all I was, was going to add.
3: <laughs> I'd actually like to quickly jump in here, and I'm going to mention a player that our good friend and former co-host Jono has as his hot tip for the season, which is Charlie Mullins, uh, named Ooh. on the bench for the for the Lions. He reckons she is going to have a bumper year as a rookie in the midfield, so
0: one to watch out for. Huh, all right. Well, on that... Uh... On that fun note, we move across to the Sydney Derby. Uh, does anyone else want to speak to, to the teams that have been named here? Oh,
3: I, I love the Sydney team, so I'm happy to uh to take this one. Um, some big name ins, obviously, for the Swans, and a lot of people have been messaging us in about some of the positions that these players have been named at, and I'm of course talking about Chloe Malloy and uh Lucy McAvoy two new co-captains, McAvoy's been named at centre-half back and Malloy in the forward pocket. I wouldn't be too worried at this stage, particularly about Malloy. She'll definitely play plenty of midfield minutes. McAvoy, I'm a little bit less keen on her getting the midfield minutes, but I still don't think it's too much of a worry, and she's not at a, a price where... You're breaking the bank for us. She is a little bit under that first band, so I still think Lucy McAvoy is definitely a keen option. And then there's the player that for two years Liam and I have been trying to get as a permanent midfielder, who is finally a permanent midfielder. At least we hope so. In Laura Gardner, just just go pick her. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. Well, when we first started, uh, when I first before I wrote my first article for for DT Talk, and shout out to, to Warnie who's listening in. I think Laura Gardner was at two and a half percent, and I believe she's now up above like yep. twelve. twelve possibly. point twelve
2: point nine two. She's nearly 70 percent.
0: Yeah, so oh, hello. yeah, i I, <laughs> I am both sad and happy that uh, this this superstar will be in more sides because i I think she will be an excellent pick. Um, another player that people have been talking about is Cynthia Hamilton. I think that she will definitely see CBA. She looked incredible um, in the uh, practice match that I was watching. Another one that people are running in their midfield is Sophia Hurley, who's been named on a half-forward line. But again, don't be surprised when she does start the CBA. She was in most of them in the practice match against Carlton. So I, I think that this team is one where go more off what you saw in the practice match than what's been named on the team sheet here. Um, and then there are a fair few rookie options named on the extended bench. So, uh, amongst those that have been pretty popular, uh, highly picked is Eliza Vale uh, and Mel, your Ruffy pick, Amy Whelan is also on this extended bench. And Paris McCarthy and Julia Sullivan, are, I believe, both Irish recruits. Actually, yeah, that reminds me as well, Tanya Tanker yes. Kennedy Andy has been Kennedy's. named. <laughs> Uh, who, if you really are set on having a rookie Sydney defender as your D6, I would be going Tanya Kennedy over Eliza Vale.
3: I also just want to shout out to Brenna Tarrant, not because <laughs> she's a great option, but because I think she's wonderful. Um, but Liam, there's a, one more player in that back line that uh, we've heard a fair bit about as a player to have a breakout year, and that's Ella win. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I okay, I, I can't put the wraps back on Laura Gardner, but let's not get too um, too hot about Ella Heads because I, I think she'll be a, a gun this year. Um, she had so much of the ball in that back line in the practice match and was named by both, well, two members of the leadership squad and former last year's captain, Sagetti and then current, this year's captain, Chloe Malloy, as one who looked really good this preseason. So she, yeah, this just had a, bulk amount of ball and I think the fact that Molly Eastman is leaving means she probably has even more of a stranglehold on those kick-ins uh, and I think that she's in that kind of mid-range size where I don't know if she'll ever really be asked to play a, a full lockdown role. I think Brenna Tarrant's ability to play as a mid-sized or a tall defender is great for Ellahead's fantasy scoring. See, shout out to Brenna Tarrant. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's the real shout out to Brenna Tarrant. Uh, um, I was. I don't. Is there anything else anyone want to manage,
3: mention about Sydney? No, I was going to say Sydney, a really fascinating team, but it, it's just basically there's a. You could pull up nearly every player, and there's an interesting story with them. So, we might move on to GWS. GWS, a um, couple of notable absences in particular. Isabel Huntington. She's a player that a lot of people still do have on their bench. So if you do have Huntington, she's not playing, so you're probably going to have to swap around to one of the players we probably already mentioned. I mean, the main player to talk about for GWS, we've talked about a bit because she's linked to several other rookie rucks, which is Fleur Davies, finally listed. Um, I think she's a fantastic option to play if you are looking to
0: do the rookie ruck strategy. Um just in terms of uh, then, like opening this up to everyone here, are we? I'm a little concerned by the fact that they've named all four. Well, on field they've got Davies and Grace Hill, and Grace Hill was named in defence, but rucked a bit in the practice match and is is a taller player. Um, and then also on the interchange they've got Cambridge McCormick, who rucked last year and is now looking like being a key position player, and then Austin Teagan Germick, who also rucked during the practice match, if all four are named, does that mean you're less likely to start Davies, even though she's probably got a better matchup than the bunch of the other rookie rucks that we've got?
3: Look, personally, I don't think so. What we've heard about Cambridge McCormack from Georgia Garnett, who we interviewed, was she was actually playing as a defender. So she's the one that I would have thought would be named at halfback rather than Grace Hill. I'd be surprised if all four of them do get named, to be completely honest. But if that does eventuate, which is always a possibility, that might be where I start going, oh, that's a bit of a concern. But I I think that both GWS and the football community in, in general tend to rate Fleur Davies as one of the best young rucks going around. So I think she should be fine. But there is that
0: little nagging
3: asterisk with just, could cause some issues
0: yeah and I think I think that's the part of the reason why I'd probably go Schultz over her just depending on what we see um on a uh, teams tomorrow night at five the other interesting names here we've got uh, uh we one of your favorites in Beck Beeson oh, is Beck on Bees. the, is on the extended bench um, and one of my favorite well, let's say like just has one of the best names in the comp, and that's Tess Cattle, um, who is a very cheaply priced defender. Who got CBAs at the end of last year? In her one game, has also been named on the bench. So huge samples like that. But. but I just having a look at the other names there, I'd be surprised if we see many rookies picked. I, I see a fair few names here that are probably going to go above at least Tess Cattle. Will would you? If named, would you consider picking Beeson? I think that was a question people have been asking. It's like, is she a worthwhile pick for, I either, give, for either game?
3: I would consider her probably more in Marrera's Magic. Um, I think you're probably looking for more value in your midfield in Marrera's Magic. I'm just super glad that she's back regardless. She's a fantastic player who's really struggled with concussion problems, so I really hope that she comes back and goes really well. Something I do want to throw out, to To the group here is the zali goldsworthy Elise parker discussion because there's been talk during the week that those two are going to be swapping between midfield and half-forward. Is this a good thing for Goldsworthy and a bad thing for Parker? I don't think anyone was necessarily thinking of picking Parker, but Goldsworthy is one that's sort of been sort of simmering away in the background as a potential
0: cheaper forward option. Is there scope to pick her in either of the leagues? I think there's definitely scope to pick her in both. I'd be, I've currently got her in my Marrera's magic side. um, If only because I really liked the basically half and half role that she had in the practice match. And she looked very good doing either. And I think what's even better is I would have expected that to happen in the event that um, uh, Izzy Huntington was playing because it would give them a more well-rounded forward line. But, The fact that it's likely she was doing that even without Huntington named and also Garnett didn't play in that practice match probably spells a good sign for her role. I'd say I believe she's priced in the mid-40s, if someone else can look it up quickly. I'm pretty sure she might have like a a 60 average possibility. Yeah, she's 41.
1: So So that's very exciting.
0: Nearly 20 points of upside. I think she's a gun and I think she was like pick seven. So she was a very high pick and a name that I really liked going into last year. But just played basically only as a key forward. So that was always a concern. But yeah, I I think that Zali Goldworthy is a a more than worthwhile pick. And I currently have her in Marrera's Magic as a result because she fits my structure.
3: She also very strangely played as a backup ruck option last year, given... We know that they had a lot of Mm. issues with the Rucks all going down, but she wasn't necessarily one of the the taller players that they had on the team. So that was a couple of extra fantasy points, but you'd be hoping (laughs) that with the four potential Rucks names, she probably won't be going
0: in the Ruck, you'd think? Something would have to go drastically wrong at uh, at GWS Giants for me to think that I'd see uh, Zali Goldsworthy rucking. But, yeah, I think... I think that just about sums up. I, like, I think Parker, I, I would fade her as much as she is probably my favourite player to watch. Just in the comp in general, I think she's an absolute gun for, particularly for how young she is. Like, I think it'd be it, it's pretty outrageous that she might not have a full time midfield role. But given I watched her in that practice match, she looked bloody good as a forward, and I think she took at least three contested marks. So. It it it's sad that I won't be picking her for my fantasy side this year because I loved it last year, but probably a fade to pick to start the year.
3: Yeah, I was about to say. I think uh, for those who are playing for the first time this year, Elise Parker was essentially the big re- riser in the midfield last season. I was very happy with that that pick. Um, so you unfortunately, probably missed the boat there. But go and watch GWS and watch Elise Parker play because she is an incredible player.
0: Yeah. And on that. On that, we'll move across to the final game of the weekend after just a short chat that we've had now for 90 minutes. Uh, we've got Fremantle and West Coast. Mel, I'm just going to throw to you, without even looking at what we've had written down at any point and get you to talk <laughs> through these teams.
1: Yeah, so Frio, um, great team. A couple of interesting things here. in the Two of the players that were named as a test, so Eb Antonio and Laura Pugh, are now named on the team. So... Emma Antonio is particularly interesting because if she was going to be off, it kind of made um, Kaufman maybe well, more or less interesting. It's hard to tell. I tossed it up for a while. But either way, she's she's back on. Um, but um, I still have a bit of a question mark over her just given how expensive she is and limitation of other players around that price. If you're going to have her in your team now, knowing that this is the last, it's the last game of this, Yeah. Knowing it's the last game, if she gets um, updated to be actually out, you kind of shot yourself in the foot here. Um, What else is interesting? Oh, Joanne Craig. So she'll be playing her first game, I believe. Um, And she's named, (laughs) I know we're not looking at where people are named, but she's named in an interesting position on the ball, 300 grand midfielder um, and interesting Irish recruit. So that's one to be paying attention to. Um. What else? We've got Tig named on the ball, which I think I saw someone's comment ar- around there, which was um, interesting. And you know what? I
3: actually hope that happens because Anya Ty is such a fantastic player to watch. And I, well, I doubt it is going to happen. I would expect her to line up and yeah. forward. I think it would just be so entertaining to watch if that did happen.
1: I would be very interested, like, I already think she's amazing and I was looking forward to seeing her kick some more goals this season. But, I mean, let's, let's give that a go. Let's see how that plays out. Um, what else is interesting here? Oh, um, Streebly is a quite highly owned player at, like, 6.5% or so who's not been named here. And she's one I didn't really get behind earlier, but I think that's worth calling out just because of the relatively high ownership compared to some others. Yeah. Yep, were you going to say something, Will? Well, yeah, Liam, one,
3: one of the questions we've had quite a bit, and this is another positional question, is Gabbo Sullivan has been named in the forward line. Mm. I mean, I would probably expect her and Tie to swap their positions, to be
0: completely <laughs> honest.
3: Yep. Um, so I don't think you need to be too concerned. We already knew that O'Sullivan would be spending some time up forward Um, So even if she does start up forward, I think there will be considerable
0: midfield time there. So don't think it's too much of an issue. The other name that probably needs to get mentioned just because she's on an extended bench is Michaela Hyde, who is a pretty Mm. popular D5 for people because she's priced only at 450K and has been discussed as having taken some kick-ins during the televised practice match. So one that, You probably do want to be very hot on if you're currently running her at F5 and she's not named. Um, I think the other thing as well, Mel, I remember you mentioning, was it, do you reckon it was Anne Stannett that she was going to be replacing in the back line?
1: Oh, yeah, there was something, a swap going on there of some kind.
0: But I'm yeah, just just noting as well that Ann Stannard has been named in the backline again. So yeah, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily a kill on picking Hyde. I think she's cheap enough that as long as you're happy that you might need to make some changes based on role after a week or two, if she doesn't get that backline role, I think that she's cheap enough that you can probably take a stab because. Like smaller kicking, taking defenders are substantially better. Have, have a far more upside than you're ever going to see in a small forward. And then yeah. West Coast Eagles, I think the there's only really a couple of things to note here. One is uh, surprisingly enough, Ella Roberts named on a wing, and Sinead Davison a full as a forward.
1: Hmm. Would we also, the fact that, that Sinead Davison a- and Lauren Wackford are both named, oh, I'm looking at that as a win. I, I don't like they're both in full forward. Okay, that's interesting, um, but they're playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say Ella Roberts a wing that'd be that'd be great. Jeff Segenary, Jeff Seggenary playing as a centre half forward would be odd. And Ash McCarthy is a full time centre um, bounce midfielder when she's played and was there in the practice match against Essendon. So. This looks like another one that uh, is certainly an interesting uh, team sheet. I think the main thing to name is if uh, Evie Gooch isn't picked, I think you can probably put that as a small win in the column of Charlie Thomas, given that Gooch was the main kick and taker at the beginning of season six. And we also know that Emily Elkington has been named as playing, as debuting this week. So, someone who was taken mid-draft in 2022, named as a 300K midfielder, has apparently one of the best kicks in the draft class, but haven't necessarily heard or seen a lot of her or about her at West Coast. So not better than Nanskorn or Tiana Smith or (laughs) Alana G.
1: I think the main thing I want to mention here is the fact that there is a 20... Oh, she's gone down. Down to 17% owned player Isabella Simmons who is not named so yeah that was that, always I mean one. some of these numbers you look and you're like okay maybe and I was I don't know who I was talking to early but one of you guys was like yeah maybe you set your team a couple of weeks ago and you're not paying as close attention as we all are <laughs> to to the ins and outs and injuries but um 17 percent and yeah I think that was 22 percent like a week ago so five percent have shuffled off but that's a lot of people that could get stung here and because this is the last game there's not going to be if you don't realise this till late, there's not going to be a lot of swapping options.
0: Yeah, no, you're really gonna you're really gonna get stuck.
2: So the the question I have is, so with Sinead Davison, so she's obviously been named. Um, is is she the best 300k forward rookie to be picking? Obviously, you got Lily Postlethwaite and um, uh, Brand Catasano. So they're probably the three, and there's a couple of others I wouldn't have named as well. But is Morris which is as a, well. Yeah, Larry Morris, which is the best one to pick? Is it Davison or?
0: Oh, like it's one of, for me, it's one of Davison or Thwaite. I think I'm probably at the moment leaning towards Thwaite.
3: Yeah. I'm
1: going Davison yeah. just because that's my last name. <laughs> and that is a great reason to put someone in your side. That is but I think they're both very good options.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning slightly more towards Thwaite as well just because she's been a player that has long been touted to be an important part of the Brisbane midfield and just hasn't had a go at it at all because of injury. So I think that the likelihood of a midfield role is probably the thing that sways it towards Postlethwaite for me.
2: Would we be happy to be playing one of one of them on field, like a Postlethwaite on field, then having a, uh, Davison on the bench? Is that a
3: play? Yeah, I, I think that's a play. I think if you were doing that, you would definitely want to do Postlethwaite on the field, simply because despite all the talk of a half wing role for Shanae Davison, she's still being named in that forward pocket, which we know is not the best role traditionally for fantasy scoring. So I still think there's definitely potential for Davison to have a really good scoring year, but I think Postlethwaite's the safer bet, which is why she'd be the one I'd put on field if I was doing that.
2: Yeah, because I've thought about um, moving moving on one of those forwards, um, like a Roberts, Phillips, or a Gardner. No, I'm joking, Liam. I just want to see with yeah, move one of the one of the forwards, and then maybe upgrade a Cordner or a, or a Mia Bush, in, and put someone else um, like on field. Could be like a Thomas or something, and, and get rid of that rookie defender. That's the thing I'm probably looking at at the moment.
0: I think that, that that's also something that I've looked at structurally. Um, And I think, well, I know Will's against it, but I think the fact that Karen Peterson is out probably means just a little bit more of the ball ends up in Cordner's hands. So I'm I'm kind of happy to run with that for the time being, but it's not out beyond the question that that might be the restructure that I have to make in the first two weeks to get my team to a better spot rookies on field-wise. And I think, I think that's our whole way through. Oh, The, the last one to, to name is Lauren <laughs> Waxer, actually. We nearly got there. Lauren <laughs> Waxer is, is the fifth rookie ruck that we have, um, named it full forward. I would say that she'd be rucking maybe, what, 30%, 40% of the time with Lakai, predominantly the ruck, given she did actually look very good last year. Yep. Sounds about right. I
1: don't really know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, i'm it's tired i thought we were going to wrap up there i got excited <laughs> it's very frustrating
0: that uh we've, we've we've got these like we don't get a whole lot of information out of Fremantle and west coast about what's going on and then we only have one televised practice game that we can't re-watch and so we really are often very limited for information so sure like i think look i will rock more than waxer i'll put my name to that and then you know maybe wrong later
3: yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think they'll probably ease whack for in considering she's coming off an ACL injury in Lakai's form. So I, I would agree that
0: Lakai is probably going to take that main rock role. Yeah. Well, that's all of the teams that have been named so far. We asked a bunch of people for some questions online. Uh, whilst I just quickly checked that we've kind of answered them periodically, are there anything you guys are like massively tossing up before we... Uh, Finish well before we finish kind of our t- most of our team selection tomorrow night.
3: Poor, yeah. I've, I've just had to do a bit of a reshuffle of my backline with Gab Panned out because I thought she was going to be a really nice option. So that's one we've talked about, of course. But if that was a play you were going for, you're going to have to do a bit of a restructure. Um, but yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's going to be super interesting to see how some of these speculative picks go. Yeah. So I think the there's a couple a fair few people are uh, wanting to know kind of how do we split. Paxman and Hoare, and to what extent we should be trying to go with Paxman and Hoare in our sides. Is there anything that you guys are using to split between picking them?
3: I have picked Kate Hoare basically because I prefer her as a new captain, and I, I like the role she plays. She kicks goals. But I think they're probably going to score very similarly. Paxi just knows how to get the ball Beautiful kick of the footy. I, I honestly think both of them are going to be around the mark. So it, it's much of a muchness for mine.
1: Yeah, I really just think it's a pricing thing. If you've got that extra little bit of money to throw at Paxi, then great. If not, horse uh, slightly cheaper, also great option. So I've currently got whore. I had Paxi earlier today. It's It's been a constant shuffle.
0: Yeah. And then another one that... Uh, people have been asking about. Or the, the kind of key question is, who are we running as our rucks? And then uh, another person has asked, which do we prefer out of Hickey or Mim Strom?
3: I'm, I'm on the Talia uh, Hickey train. I think she's a fantastic player. I think this is more just because I love watching her play because I'm actually playing Fleur Davies and Matilda Scholes as my two rucks.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm currently... The uh, the three rookie rucks going Hoore, Schultz and Davies. But if I do decide maybe getting going down one of those forwards and I just don't want to muck around with the rucks, it'll I think it'd be Talia Hickey for me. I think she's got that upside um with, with Smith playing that more deeper forward role. Um and I think that uh yeah, Talia Hickey will will be good again this year. I
1: actually I'm also going rookie rucks here. But I would actually go out of those two Mimstrom I think it's a very good argument about the lineup um, and Frio have an amazing lineup that should be taken advantage of where possible and I don't know about everyone else at the moment but I've only really got Bowers which is kind of a no-brainer. Um, but I reckon if that's a good opportunity to chuck in another Frio player and take advantage of uh, like wrong. she's not a forever she's not a forever ruck but she's um She'd be a good one to start. So that's, you know, but they're both good. Or Gabby. actually, you know, what's even better is just bookies. So What about Gabby <laughs> Seymour, Mel? Oh, Gab Seymour, <laughs> friend of the pod. I'm surprised. Well, I stand by that she's a great pick. I'm
3: surprised, Bailey, you haven't thrown Montana McKinnon in there just for the Adelaide reference. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's more just because I just don't know what's going to happen. There's, it could be Jess Allen. It could be Montana McKinnon. It could be Caitlin Gould. I'd expect Gould to play more forward, but. It could be any of them. So I'm just, it's much more unsure. If I was certain about one of them, yeah, it probably would pick it, probably pick one of them. But, <laughs> oh gosh.
0: I think that is about just about it for the question. If you've asked us a question on Twitter and we haven't got to it, I'll uh, throw in a quick answer at some point. But uh, that ends up our. Uh, Space for the evening. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening along live. And for anyone who is listening to this uh, marathon chat on on all of our kind of podcast feeds, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and good luck, everyone, for uh, for teams going live tomorrow. Um,
2: good, luck. Just good luck, everyone. Just a quick little plug, Liam, as well. If anyone is wanting to get more, a uh, little bit more AFLW fans chat, tune in because uh, hopefully a couple of you guys might join in tomorrow, and we'll chat uh, as a pre-lockout um, before before the first lockout.
0: Super yeah, for sure. Fails, you. Uh, your space is always a great place to be in that uh, post-team confirmation and uh, first lockout. It's uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely be along uh, for those this season. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, everyone, and uh, thanks, everyone, who is uh, listening along, and good luck uh, for week one of AFLW Fantasy. Good luck for the season, everyone.
1: See ya Ooh. Bye.